Welcome back, Tradmen listeners, and I want to wish all of you a happy liturgical new year, a blessed Advent. Jason, how you doing? Pretty good, Mark. Pretty good. Uh, blessed Advent to you and yours, or may you have one, I should say. We are kicking off the liturgical new year, and I, I always love this time of year because Catholics celebrate this, I think, a little bit differently than, you know, either those who are not Catholic or maybe even just Protestants in general would celebrate it where, you know, we would call, they would call this whole time Christmas time. Right. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's a little bit different and we're going to get into a little bit of that. We're going to explore why we, why we have the season of Advent and some things that Jason and I are going to do this Advent that um, are hopefully going to help us uh, as, as St. John the Baptist and the prophet Isaiah exclaim to prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. Um, but before we begin, we want to go ahead and always, as always start with a prayer. Uh, Jason found a very beautiful prayer, uh, that really kind of captures kind of the spirit of Advent. And he, he told it to me and I thought it was just perfect for, for this episode. So without further ado, Jason. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Dear Jesus, you are the hope in our messy world. This Advent, help us slow down, listen to your voice, and focus on what's really important. We place our hope in you as we prepare our hearts to celebrate your birth on Christmas. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Um, I always had a question kind of when I was growing up and I bet a lot of people have had this question, which is why is Advent, first of all, why is Advent kind of a penitential season? And two, why do we start our liturgical new year with Advent? And I just thought, those are some really good questions. And I thought, well, in terms of the, the penitential aspect of it, for me, it's all the way it was in, sp- explained to me is that the four weeks of Advent are a remembrance of the 4,000 years that the Jews waited for the mm-hmm. Messiah. And if you go back and read the Old Testament accounts of, you know, the, by, the, by the waters of Babylon, we sat and wept for thee, O Zion. All the, all the hardship that the Israelites had gone through and it was all predicated on one day a champion is going to come. A healer is going to come. A great and mighty king will come and not just to save Judah from its sins, but all of Israel. So that's kind of an interesting way to, to look at it penitentially. Um, but there's, there's other aspects to it too. Something that the father was talking about in, in mass today in the, in the homily was the eschatological aspect of Advent. So it's not just about, it's not just a a remembrance of the coming of Christ here on earth, you know, the, the, the first coming, but there's also an element of it where we are preparing for the second coming as well. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard that before. Have you ever, you ever been, anybody ever told you that before? Yeah. Yeah. Actually I've heard that. Um, in recent years, um, it was, it's very interesting. And I don't know if you had a chance to read the, and I should have brought it with me, but if you read the 
bulletin today with father's um, article where he even talks about the, what we would call the second coming can in a way be interpreted as the third coming of Christ, because the first coming was, you know, the nativity when he came in the flesh incarnate, the second coming was through the spirit of God. uh, And that's the, that's the era we're in now. And then of course you've got the third coming, which, which would be his, I guess if you want to say physical second coming um, to earth, the judge, which will bring us the last judgment. I had never heard it in those terms before, but, yeah. but it was pretty interesting. Yeah. It's pretty powerful when you, when you look at it like that, cause I had always just considered it um, just about the, the first coming of Christ. And yeah. when you add that eschatological aspect to it, it really opens up a whole new, yeah, you know, whole new venue, whole new vista of, 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 of medita- things to meditate on during this season. Yeah, no, and and you're right about that because we typically think of Advent as relating to, like you mentioned before, the f- first coming of Christ in the flesh incarnate that the Jews were waiting for the Messiah for those 4,000 or so years. But we're also in an Advent ourselves as we prepare for the second coming of the Lord when he, when he will come to judge the living and the dead. So, while this time of Advent, of course, we're we're hearkening back, we're looking at the birth of Christ. We're also in anticipation of the second Advent of the second coming of Christ. But the but the but the penitential aspect of Advent throws people sometimes. I mean, isn't Christmas supposed mm-hmm. to be a festive season? Uh, you know, it gets a lot of holiday parties and it's basically you're, you know, getting ready for Christmas time. Why this, why this penitential? I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly not, I would say as penitential as Lent, mm-hmm. but there's definitely, I mean, the liturgical color is, is, um, is purple. And there, you know, that is a huge indication right there of a, a penitential season. Why is Advent, to, to you anyway, why do you think Advent has that penitential aspect to it? You know, that, that's a good question because it was kind of surprising to me um, when I became Catholic that Advent was considered a, a penitential time of year as well. Um, because growing up, we celebrated Christmas, but never in a religious aspect because um, we didn't know for sure when Christ was born. We didn't, you know, it's not, it's not in the Bible, um, to celebrate Christmas. It's, you know, the, the Bible tells us to celebrate his death and that's what we're gotcha. doing. But so fast forward to now and looking back, of course, people right now are like you mentioned in a great celebration mode. And I think that has to do with people have got their seasons, especially liturgically mixed up. Even, even your Protestants, they view this time of year as Christmas and this is not Christmas. Um, so, so I think that's why it's all, it's all messed up in that regard. Um, but two, as far as the penitential aspect, um, I think it's to draw us in one way to draw us closer to Christ because through penance, through denying yourself, if you're if you're in in prayer and you're you're focused on Christ, you are conforming yourself more like Jesus. Mm. So so penance helps us draw closer to Christ. I would say. 
Yeah. And, you know, there's also the admonition in Isaiah and then in, in the first chapter of Mark's gospel where the, and we really got to look at this like if we were first century Jews. If we were first century Jews, what would we associate with the coming of Messiah? What, what would that mean for us? And Isaiah says it pretty clearly, and, and it's echoed in Mark's gospel, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Yeah. There's this real emphasis on, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So something about the coming of Messiah is going to require us to turn away from sin, turn towards repentance and examine, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's really about um, self-examination, self-accountability, and to not just make straight the way of the Lord in the world, but really in our own hearts. And so one of the things that my wife and I like to do every Advent, and um, we're, we're going to continue the practice this year, is... We, we make an emphasis on making sure the house is clean every day. It's a way of preparing the manger, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. It's a way of letting Christ know that our house, he, he's welcome in our house and we want to prepare the, prepare the home for the King that will reside therein. You know, when you, if, if you knew that a King was coming to visit your house, I mean, no, no expense would be too short. No, you know, you'd want to make sure everything yeah. is fitting and proper. And we're asking the king of all kings to reside in our hearts so that we can change. And so it's, and, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and and I, I like that because it, that idea is not unheard of either as well, because when you look back to the Old Testament, what did the Jews do before Passover feast? They were preparing their homes. They were preparing themselves for the Passover. So, no, I, I think that's – I have never heard anybody doing that before, but I think that's a that's a really good thing to do, actually, It's especially considering the reasoning you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I <clears> – <throat> one of the things that I was reflecting on recently and another one of my little Advent things that I'm trying to do is um, not complain – so much. I, I, I have yeah. a real tendency to complain about things, not just the hierarchy, but you Amen. Know, <laughs> <laughs> like as far as the like overall complaining, I, not particularly with the hierarchy, but yeah, I'm there. With yeah. You. And, and in reality, it's like, think about, think about how lucky we are to live in the messianic age, to live during the time of Messiah. When all those thousands of years of people who came before us, who could only hope in, in, in the messianic age could only hope in the coming of Messiah. And, you know, all those Jews at the wailing wall that you've seen, you've mm -hmm. seen that in Jerusalem. That's oh, what yeah. they're, that's what they're wailing about. They're, 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 they're sobbing for the coming of Messiah. Now they don't know that Messiah has come, but we do. And I feel like sometimes we treat it like it's nothing and it is far from nothing. It is the most significant event in all of human history. Um, because if it's true that God became a man, then that in and of itself means that that is the most important and historically significant thing that has ever happened or will ever yeah. happen. Nothing comes close. 
Well, as they say, all creation groan groans for the you know was groaning for the coming of Christ. It was great anticipation from from the beginning for the coming of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, Jason, what are some things that you're doing this Advent to prepare the way of the Lord? Well, as me and you talked a little bit earlier today, <laughs> I started realizing, you know, sometimes I'm I, I, if I was a professional baseball player, I would be go big or go home. It'd be home run or nothing. Right. Okay. Like I, I, so, but I do like how our plan is to do this once a week on Sunday through Advent to discuss, um, you know, how our Advent was going, how, you know, how these things are going for us, but it also adds a layer, as you mentioned earlier, talking about accountability. It has accountability to me knowing that, Hey, at least with you and whoever else listens to this throughout Advent, I'm going to, I've got pressure on me now, not just to quit when the going gets tough. And I guess the reason that I added a lot of these penances is because truthfully, I felt like my prayer life was in shambles. It was not anywhere where, where it should be. And of course that becomes evident in other aspects of life. I felt like mentally I needed to get control of my desires and passions. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I haven't, necessarily done anything mortally sinful or anything like that but you know you just feel you have this feeling like okay i keep taking the easy way out on things instead of getting up say at this time in the morning you know i still got 30 minutes and i can make it up yeah i'm just gonna take the easy way. well i'm supposed to work out today but you know what it's fine i'm not gonna do that oh i should get up off the couch and do this not nah. so you know it's just taking the easy way out and i said i need to push myself out of my out of my stupor and of course increase my prayer life and add things that necessarily I may not want to do but are going to build me mentally build my fortitude and my perseverance right because because those are those are things I feel like if you're not constantly working out for lack of better terms yeah you're it's going to get weak it's going to lose it just just like a muscle group right sure so I've got a list here. Let me pull it back up here. I thought I had it up, but I didn't. So I want to pray the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary three times a day. I want to pray in the morning. I want to play, uh, pray um, lauds. I want to play, pray sext at noon and then vespers in the evening. Um, now, I've never done this before, but I do want to do the St. Andrew Novena starting on the 30th of November. I want to, I, I want to do that that novena. Um I want to, this may be the hardest one to do just because work and family life and stuff like that. So it may require me to get up earlier or stay out later. Right. But I would like to try to get to adoration three times a week because I've never been real big on adoration. Well, I, okay. Let me rephrase that. I've, am I still there? Uh, yep. I got you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. So I, what I'm trying to say is I have fallen away from being good at going to adoration. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Like mm -hmm. I, for a while I went there, you know, pretty frequently, but I've kind of fallen out of habit, like so many things. So I want to get back in front of the blessed sacrament, um, read a little bit from the imitation of Christ every day. You know, I think I've only got to read four or five of his, um, sections are not real long, but I read those today and I can already see that. And I've never read it before. I can already see that this is going to be a, a pretty good book, you know, just to, to read oh, and yeah. learn from. Oh yeah. Um, off social media. 
just off of it completely because I waste way too much time on it. It stresses me out sometimes depending on what's going on just because it's like there's no rest. Like you're constantly talking. You're constantly doing this. You're constantly going back and forth. And I, and I, today it was funny because every time I was idle, I'd pick up my phone and I'd start to open up like a social media app or something. I'm like, whoa, whoa wait, wait, I can't do that. I close it out and then I'd close it out. Right. And I'm like, man, this is a bad habit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I just because I'm idle doesn't mean I need to be doing something, at, at least in that aspect, right? But Jason, um, active participation. You have to be <laughs> active, actively <laughs> participating on Twitter. Um, no, the, the only thing I'm going to do on social media is just when we release episodes, I'm just going to make a quick post on the on the um, podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. Post that, but that that's it. Um, I want to abstain also on Wednesday. So add my abstaining from meats on Wednesdays. You know, we already do it on Fridays. I'm going to add it to Wednesdays and then I'm just going to try to kick up my workouts to maybe four or five times a week or so. Cause I've slowly been getting back to that anyway. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to kick that back up. But I mean, those are the things, I mean, just trying to deny myself physically and then, uh, pushing myself to do things that, um, I don't necessarily want to do and just adding prayer to my life because I think with a good prayer life, a lot of the other things in your spiritual life will fall into place much easier. Oh, big time, big time. I mean, uh, for me, the, the struggle is, um, is the same, you know, it, it, doing it consistently is really, mm-hmm. is really where I, where I struggle and exercise, you know, I, like when you, you were talking about exercising, it really doesn't do you very much good if you go into the gym and get a great workout in once a month. Like yeah. that doesn't really do anything, right? It's actually better to have, you know, some mediocre workouts on a consistent basis. I mean, I I don't want to say mediocre, but you get my, yeah, my point. Yeah. And our souls are really not that different, right? It's it, you you have to have that consistency in order to really reap the long-term spiritual benefit. Um, I also uh, do pray the liturgy of the hours. Not I don't pray all of the canonical hours. I, I pray uh, three of them, uh, louds, vespers, and then compline right before I go to bed. That plus my rosary is sort of my, my daily prayer uh, routine. But I'll admit, I'm not as consistent with it as I should be. So part of my advent devotion is going to be maintaining consistency in, in my prayer life. But also um, I'm going to do intermittent fasting during these four weeks. And I know that that's, that sounds like a diet fad and, and whatever, but you can, there's a lot of things you can do for the purpose of mortifying your flesh that will have positive health benefits to Mm -hmm. them. Although that's not the primary reason why we do them. But I think you'll notice if you're pursuing a healthy spiritual life, the body will follow, right? That, and yeah, so I mean, secondary benefits are to be expected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you want to you, you take care of the body and the spirit, but you need to make sure that the spirit is in the driver's seat, right? That's the one that's mm-hmm. leading. That's the one that's leading the way. Um, that plus, uh, the the thing about complaining, you know, I, I spend a lot of time complaining about 
various inconveniences and uh, check this out. How's this for a complaint recently that I had? I usher at the 5.30 p.m. mass on Sundays. And it's kind of the mass. It's, it's late in the day, right? It's almost nighttime. I ended up ushering at it because everybody else wants to go to an earlier mass. And I was sitting there complaining to my wife, like, why do I have to do the 5.30 p.m. mass? Like, and I'm thinking, the absolute nerve on you. I mean, you, you get to participate in the body. You get to partake of the body and blood of the Lord. And you're complaining because it's at an inconvenient hour for you. Like, come on, man, you can do better than that, Mark. Um, so I'm really going to work on taking stock of all the things that I have to be grateful for to God and looking at my own sinfulness and my own, um, laziness and my own sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for that, that sense, that sense of complacency. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, trying to find ways, little ways that you can through, through a little discomfort, a little mortification, you can prepare more and more the way of the Lord in your own heart. And so that's kind of where I'm now that's yours are pretty ambitious. I will give you that. Um, I don't take on that many stuff because I know I, the wheels will come off the cart instantly for me but um hopefully if i can just maintain and and here's the other thing we're going to come back every week and talk about how we're doing and Mm -hmm. i can already tell you that every week will not be yep i did everything i said i was going to do and it all worked out great (laughs) yeah well yeah and i okay so how should i word this so it doesn't sound bad but like you said, I, I, when we were talking earlier, I had mentioned to you on text, I said, I, I know this is very ambitious and I'm likely to fail and slip up at points. I, I understand that. But at the end, it's, it's did you persevere? Did you give up? Or did you just say, well, I messed up. Oh, well, it's over. You know, because, because life is life and especially your spiritual life is a, has many failures on the road. Um, on the road that you're on. Right. So you you can't just stop and give up. It was kind of like one thing I struggle with. um, And the reason I added the readings is I do enjoy reading, but a lot of times I will start reading. I'll get sidetracked with something else. Um, I'll be like, well, I can't really focus on this right now. I'm gonna have to go take care of this. And so my mind or something will pop up, say on text or social media. And then I'm off to that. And I never finish the reading like I like I want to, especially recently. And again, it's just past several months, I've kind of slid further and further away because I was a pretty good point while I was reading quite a bit. And I've kind of gotten worse and worse about it. For instance, I'm just using this as an example. But today when I was reading, I would read and yeah, I my mind has not been trained. It has been trained to uh, think of other things and, and not focus on the task at hand. Right. Because you have all these distractions. Right. And I told myself, I said, okay, if you don't understand every single word or you look back and you said, Oh, I don't know the last two sentences, just keep going. And, and I did that. And I still felt like I got a lot of benefit from reading that. It's kind of like your example earlier of, of working out okay maybe maybe i did work out mediocrely four days a week but that's better than one killer workout a month 
you, right. you you're <clears throat> reaping so much more benefits from that. So like when I'm doing these spiritual readings or reading the Bible, sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, there's a lot of things going on in your head. There's a lot of things going on in the world. Okay. You can all, you know, read it, get what you can. You can always come back at a later time and reread the book, especially if you maintain this and you create a stronger mind that, that is able to focus better. I can come back later and it may be like a new book to me, <laughs> you know, I mean, but, 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 it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about not quitting. Okay. You're in life. You're going to fail. It's what you do with that failure that defines you. Yeah. Fa and failure is growth. And, Absolutely. And there is no other way to grow other mm -hmm. than to fail. Right. So if yeah. you like, I go back to the example of working out, what's the best way to, to build. It's the only way to build muscle mass lift to failure. Yeah. And it's in that, that last rep that you just can't quite do and your arms collapse. That's where all your muscle growth is right there. Yeah. Well, the spiritual life is not different than that. And you know, it's, that's why the sacrament of confession is so important because it's in failure that you grow quitting. You don't grow at all when you yeah. quit. Right. Um, and I, I think you touched on something else that was was a great insight to me many years ago. And that is, and I, I, I bet many of you have heard this excuse for why people don't go to church, right? Well, I feel like I'm just going through the motions, you know, and I, it doesn't really, um, you know, mean anything. I didn't feel like going to church today because I wasn't really feeling it. I'm distracted. I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with going through the motions? Like, why, why do you have the expectation that every time you go to mass, you're going to be wrapped up in ecstasy like your St. Teresa of Lisieux? Yeah. That's not realistic, right? There's sometimes, I, I think you get a lot of spiritual benefit in those days when you really don't feel like going to mass and you're distracted and you've got a million other things on your mind, but you go anyway. That's what self-discipline is, doing what you need to do even when you don't want to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something, that's something that I think all of us, myself, the first one uh, could, could work mm -hmm. on more is that consistency, even in day, even in times when you don't feel like doing it. Um, your, your favorite priest that you've always looked up to that you say, man, that guy is a spiritual master. He is always praying his breviary. He's always, you know, in the confessional, he, you think he feels like doing it all the time? I'm sure that's got to, I'm, I don't know. I don't even want to know what it's like to be father Charles Van Fleet. It's got <laughs> to be exhausting because we are a lot as professionals. <laughs> we are a lot. And, you know, every time he approaches us all with patience, with charity, with just like I said, that patience. And I know that that doesn't, I know that's not because we aren't pushing his buttons. Yeah. Right. It's just a lifetime of spiritual mastery that he's put into his spiritual life that, you know, and it's, that's attainable for us too. Yeah. But it takes work. Oh yeah. It takes a lot of work. And, and like I, like I mentioned before, one of the reasons I did make my list was because if you look at everything, especially the prayers and the readings and, um, the novena when that starts, that's going to take consistency to be successful. Am I counting 100% success? No, that's not realistic. 
But right. what, but what I am, you know, count if I do it the majority of the time, each and every day, yeah, I will consider that a success because I have grown. And and not to necessarily get off topic, but I think it relates to because I've I've mentioned to you before, and one day I'll maybe I should have put this as one of my Advent devotions or penances. <laughs> I'm gonna write a, 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 an article for a blog, basically on wrestling and the spiritual battle because. Mm-hmm. We tell the sport of wrestling, not WWE, but actually actual real, you know, wrestling. It's like when my kids go to practice, right? For those of you who don't know, Jason is a wrestler and his kids are are heavy into the sport (laughs) also. So, so they, uh, when they're in practice and they learn a new move, we tell them all the time, or like I'll I'll tell them and their coach will tell them, take the shot. Well, I might, who cares if you mess up? Who cares? Go for it. because in that failure, that is how you learn, and mm-hmm. it's in that discomfort. So, like in any combat sport, boxing, wrestling, whatever, when you first start, you were going to get smoked, you were going to get your butt kicked every single practice. One day you'll come to practice and you did a little bit better because it is through that dis like in wrestling, it is through that discomfort, through the pain through the um all the the failures that one day guess what you're not that failure you're not failing at that anymore now you're being successful at it and it teaches you know through those discomforts it teaches mental fortitude mental strength it teaches a never quit attitude because when you're in the sport and you're in a match whether it be practice or or at a tournament almost every second of that match you're in a position of do I quit or do I go on do I quit or do I go on and every time you say I'm going to go on you become that much stronger and that much better of a person and that's how the spiritual life is right we're constantly bombarded with opportunities do we take the easy way or do we or do we take the hard way do we quit or do we push forward so that that is one reason why for my for my children one of the reasons that I love wrestling for them is because I 110% believe it will help them in their spiritual battles throughout life because it will build that. Because again, what we're talking about with the penances and stuff like that. Okay. I fell. So what? I fell that one day. I forgot to do this reading or I didn't do this prayer or, Oh, it's, I forgot to abstain from meat on Wednesday. Who, who cares? Right. Okay. I messed up, but guess what? I'm picking right back up where I was. I'm not quitting. And, 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 and that's how this, you know, I, I know we talked about it a minute ago, but that's how the spiritual life is, is just, um, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not the saviors of ourselves. So it's not like, well, if I don't do all these things, if I didn't do them all perfectly, then I didn't accomplish my own salvation. Mm-hmm. You can't save yourself. That's impossible. Yep. Your, your salvation's already been won for you. The difference, the, the challenge though, is that in order for you to respond to that and accept the grace that God has given you, it takes effort and, and effort is all it takes, right? If you, if, if, if you gave it your all, but fell short, it's not like at the end of time, God is going to go, well, you know, yeah, nice try, but you know, that that's not how our Lord works. Our Lord has said that, a contrite heart is what is what he accepts, right? More than all the sacrifices of all the animals in the world, what our Lord wants more than anything is a contrite heart. Right. 
there's example after example after example in the New Testament of people who at that time in that place who were not thought of as being uh, very particularly observant Jews or, or good practicers of religion. And all they do is sit in the back of the temple saying, Lord, I am not worthy, you know, that you should come under my house, only say the word and I shall be healed. That's what our Lord is. I, that's what I've always felt like our Lord wants more than anything. Yeah. So these, this is an opportunity. This is a great season and it's a great opportunity for us to, in small ways, make straight the way of the Lord, prepare for the coming of Messiah and think about what an awesome gift that is that we live in this time. Yeah. It's, 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 it really is humbling if you, if you were to look at, because I, like, for example, um, one of the things I was talking with somebody about more recently is why do we have the, the Tanakh, the, the Hebrew Bible at the beginning of our Bible? Why not just the new Testament? It wouldn't it be enough to know that there was once a different Bible back before Christ, but then Christ did away with all that. And now we have, we just, we just have this new Testament and that's really all we need. Why did we include the old Testament? because that's where we come from. You might say, well, I'm not Jewish and what none well, of that matters. Not, you're we not going to understand a whole lot. <laughs> we're adopted into that family. Yeah. We're adopted Israelites, meaning that that old Testament is where we come from too. And so this is a, this is sort of the, the season where we remember the time when we lived under the old law, when we lived on a, in a, on a promise that one day Messiah would come yeah. and how amazing it is that we live in the time in which we got to experience the fulfillment of that promise. I mean, it's, it really is the most important thing that's ever happened in all of human history and it takes preparation. So hopefully this will be a really beautiful and beneficial Advent season. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to sharing it all with you. Comment down in the comment section, some of the things that you guys do for Advent that um, yeah. you find particularly spiritually beneficial. And um, yeah, I just, I really hope that you guys stick with us as we go through this Advent journey together, as we prepare for the coming of the Lord. Yeah. And, and uh, and I just I wanted to add one thing when we were talking about failures because I think it's important to add. I, mm. I didn't think of it till just a second ago, but when we were on last week with Angela on her show uh, on the friend Friendsgiving episode, we talked about failure and how sometimes we also pray to God to say, give us patience or whatever, and then we get frustrated and we say, oh man, I keep failing. What's going on? And I think. You know, we talked about when we're definitely right by saying in failure, there is growth. One of that growth could be that you come to the realization you're failing because God is telling you, you can't do this on your own. You need right. me. Right. And I think I think that's something also to remember for anybody that may be doing, you know, going through Advent with some devotions or penances or Lent or throughout the year, whatever the case may be. If you fail, it could be 
God saying, you can do this, but you have to have me leading you. So just, just a good, good reminder that, that when you fail, that's also a a growth that you can have. And I, I, I hearken back to the, um, the act of contrition that we make when we're in confession, we don't say, I promise never to sin again. We, because I can't keep a promise like that. Instead, we say, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasions of sin. I think for, for, for me, there are numerous examples of sins. I just couldn't get my arm around for the longest time because I was always trying to conquer them and instead give it to Christ and, and, you know, give yourself to him in all of your imperfection and all of your sinfulness and all of your pride and your lust and your vanity and just make a simple prayer. Lord, make my heart like unto yours. Make me love the things that you love and to despise that which you despise. Over time, you will see it will bear fruit. I, I mean, it has for me. And I know, Jason, it has for you too. So I don't know. I, I, I love Advent. Advent's one of my favorite times of year. <laughs> and by the way, if you have not ever thought about starting a devotion to the liturgy of the hours this is a great time to start because it's the beginning of the liturgical year so you're right at the beginning um go you know i'll put a link in the description to divinumofficium.com or dot org i don't know the link will be in the description it's all right there it's free the liturgy of the hours all seven of the canonical hours um in all kinds of different um forms the 1960 uh, uh, rubrics, the monastic um, office. I don't think the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary is one of the ones listed I didn't, there. I didn't see it on there. That's why I asked for it today, what that yeah. website was. But yeah, I didn't see it on there. But I'll also go and find a link for this this little guy right here, the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a This is a fantastic little prayer book. And it's super easy to follow. There's not a lot of moving parts in here. So you won't be, you know, flipping around. Um, It's not difficult, like say the Roman breviary or even the monastic diurnal can be in terms of having to flip around different parts, right? It's pretty easy to follow. So it's also a very old prayer. Um, It's one of the older forms of the liturgy of the hours. And so, um, and it comes in both Latin and English right here. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'll put a link for that in the description also. So if any of yeah. you want to get in on that. And and let me add to that. I, um, you know, one of the things you can do during Advent is also through almsgiving. You can, you know, you can donate to the needy, to the poor, but I want to make a suggestion because it was an episode that really touched close with, with both of us. I think the episode we did with uh, sister Mary Josepha of the Benedictines of Mary, queen of apostles, um, if you haven't checked out that episode, I highly encourage you to, you could just ignore me and listen to sister Mary Josepha and you will get, you, you, you will be spiritually uplifted in so many ways. Even if you're not, even if you're not looking to go into religious life, even if you're a male, even if you're a woman that is already married, you will get, I promise you, you will get some spiritual fruits out of listening to sister Mary talk. Um, but they are looking for, donations as they grow and build their new monastery and stuff like that so again if you're looking for a place to donate to during this time of year 
uh, consider them. We we've got a link on the on the episode. If you go back to that, you can get a link to their website. But but consider giving to them if you can. Definitely, definitely. I love that episode. You did a great job on that. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Um, yeah, we we wanted to do both of us were going to interview her, but when, when as soon as I got on the internet connection was so spotty and it just made everything so difficult. So Jason, um, at the last second agreed to take over and just do the interview and he did a fantastic job. I really appreciate, um, you doing that like that, Jason, Thank you. it is a great episode. Um, it's probably one of my favorites, um, that we've been able to do. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. I hope that, you know, you all had a great first, first Sunday of Advent. Um, and I'll put those links in the description so that you can join along with us in, in prayer and penance. And yeah, that's, that's really all I got, Jason, any other uh, thoughts on this one? No, we'll hope to see everybody back next week. And uh, I hope everybody has a blessed Advent. God bless everybody. And remember life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary. God bless. God bless. Mm-hmm.